G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. A conversation too you can be a part of over this next hour. We're going to get an update on what is described as Christian revival in the South American nation of Venezuela. Now the nation is sinking into chaos. 30 million people in Venezuela, they're running out of food, they're running out of medicine. Economically, experts are convinced a government default is inevitable. The government, led by President Nicolas Maduro, has reportedly drained the nation's savings to pay down debt. The authoritarian regime that's aligned with Cuba is being condemned around the world. And you'll note the hard line that the US President Donald Trump has taken on Venezuela, even threatening military action. Things are so tough, it's renowned to be the number one most miserable country on earth. And our special guest this hour has just returned from Venezuela, where he's been conducting some more evangelistic crusades. Pastor Steve Ryder, the founder of Reach Out for Christ, he's preached the gospel in the riot-fueled cities of Venezuela, and he has had a huge response. You might remember earlier this year we were talking to Steve Ryder, and the numbers mind-boggling from those outreach crusade events, as many as 120,000 decisions for Christ. And our special privilege to be able to welcome back to the studio today Steve Ryder. Steve, welcome back to 2020. It is my pleasure to be here and to give information of what's happening. It is a miracle. It's absolutely supernatural. It is our God. 120,000 salvations on that visit earlier this year. And you've been back into Venezuela. They welcome you there with open arms because of significant things Mm -hmm. that happen in your meetings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there an, in a nutshell, overview report on this latest visit to Venezuela. Okay, this time I was invited especially to have a lot of uh, meetings with pastors. They wanted to know how to move in the Spirit. Now, this was from evangelical all the way through to Pentecostal. It was amazing, of course, the Catholic Church too. So we had meetings where hundreds of pastors were there. I administered to them. They wanted to know about end-time events, seminars. We are doing end-time seminars, how to move in the Spirit, to work miracles, etc. And then they'd all want prayer. And in every one of those conferences, we demonstrated miracles to them, where genuine miracles were taking place. So that was exciting. Uh, Interestingly, when you say people who were at those pastors' gatherings, uh, Mm -hmm. evangelical, Pentecostal, and we know that the religious makeup of Venezuela has been primarily uh, a Catholic nation. So so you have Catholic leaders also in some of those meetings. Uh, And none was converted there. Now, that's an amazing thing to say, isn't it? She came to them in. She got a miracle. And she said, I'm going to go and sit in some of these churches now uh, that have been totally foreign to them or afraid to see. And, yeah, that's she gave a testimony. 
Isn't it amazing? Because it is such mm. a significant day to day, and mm. uh, 500 years yes. since Martin Luther nailed those 95 theses yes. on the Castle Church door in Wittenberg, yeah. mm. that there has been so much division between Catholics and Protestants, yes. uh, and yet when a miracle happens, and you know, just to to reinforce, not a Steve Ryder mm. miracle, but a miracle from God, Only because God can do it. you're courageous enough mm. to reach out and mm. lay hands on people, pray mm. for a miracle to occur. Yeah. When that miracle occurs, uh, there's no divisions, is there? Uh, None it's, it's, it's the believer, yeah. and it's the yeah. all-powerful God who is intervening in a That's need right. that needs yeah. to be met. I make it very clear that the healer is Jesus and the Holy Spirit working. Not us. We're just vessels that God uses. And uh, it's there's no miracle without the name of Jesus. Real miracles. And when you tell the people and you say, look, Jesus healed them all. And as a person, God told me many years ago in Calcutta, India, he didn't want a five-star evangelist. He wants people to go to the people. Jesus went to the people. He went amongst the multitudes and ministered to them. So if we tell people God heals... We better back it up. That's what I believe, and that's, you know, through life and experience, this gets stronger and stronger. It's hard to believe, but we have film. I've given you a little piece there today where you can check it out later, and people can get that from our church if they want it, website. Uh, the last meeting we did was a place that was terrible. They, a week before we were there, they'd had floods. People were drowned, really the poor of the poor. They're, they're desperate, no food, anything. And uh, we, they said, well, you might get 2,000 people. We've got about 9,000 out. And I said to the people, well, Jesus heals everybody. Shall we see if he's here? We brought 22 people up on the stage. They had uh, tumors, breast tumors, ladies. There was deaf people, deaf and dumb, and people with cancer. Now there was doctors everywhere. You see on the film, we see them in the white jackets. They actually examined the people to make sure they really had tumors. And... 22 miracles took place, one after another. I've never seen anything like that in my life before. Imagine what that does to the crowd. They're desperate. They want it. That's why the whole nation's opened up to us. And that was before you preached. Yes. That, yes. Was, that was even before. So people came in anticipation yeah. I that, that, that there would be something now. significant. Yeah. And this idea of coming in anticipation, mm -hmm. uh, now this is the second time you've been to Venezuela? Third time Third since time. October. All right, so uh, people coming with a, a reputation now mm. that yes. here's someone mm. who is a preacher of the gospel yeah. uh, who's not afraid to say, yeah. let's expect God to do something mm. significant. Mm. And so then people come up on the stage even before the preaching. and We demonstrate the miracles. Hands. Yep, miracles are happening before the preaching. Yeah. And then we have long lines. We, we try to get some order. First night it's hard, but then the second night's getting better, all right? Because we stay and minister to everybody. That's why I'm now starting to take more people and teams with us because once you get a crowd. Well, in March next year, second week of March, uh, we're going to a state where they said there will be 200,000 people coming out to these meetings and it could go to 400,000. 
Okay, they're very yeah. big meetings. Now, you have uh, given me uh, a little uh, uh, USB stick with yeah. some uh, mm-hmm. images on. I haven't That's looked right. at those yet. But no. if people go to your website at mm. reachoutchurch.com.au, mm. right mm. now there is mm. some video images yes. of some of the meetings that yeah. you're talking about yes. of people being healed yes. supernaturally Getting out in of the name of Jesus. People yep. have been shot, wounded, healed. It's, 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 you know, I really believe we're in the end time revival of God. Now, reformations come. Everything, you know, we had that 500 years celebrant. The Light Horse Charge Brigade in, the in Israel. Israel, which a team from our church have gone like you have teams go there from vision. Uh, we're in the end times. I believe we're going to see the Lord. And, and I've always believed in my heart. I was told as I grew up in Christ and studied the word, that there would come a time where God would pour out his spirit, that early rain, the latter rain together. A man called Derek Prince, I first heard him say that in a conference. And I believe we're touching it now because to see miracles like we've been seeing is just comes out of this world. It's God. Steve, not the five-star evangelist, uh, but the one who goes to the poor. And you identified Venezuela Mm. Mm. Uh, interested in the story of how you even got word that yeah. Venezuela was open to mm. someone like Steve Ryder, the evangelist, mm. to mm. come in and mm. to preach the gospel. Yeah. But obviously a nation that is spiraling yeah. downhill fast. Yeah. Uh, people are desperate. They, they are, are poor, yes. rampant inflation. Uh, yeah. People are trying to get out of the country. Yeah. And so you go to the poor. The mm. poor are open. Mm. Their hearts are open to the, to the message well, of the gospel. Well, what we did... We don't ask for any money. There's no offerings in the meetings. We pay for everything from Australia, everything, buses to take people along. We even now sponsor We the first meetings we did in a city called Moron. Uh, in the mountains there, there was these uh, where they put all the rubbish and kids living amongst the tips. And there was a, a little school there, and they had nothing. We built classrooms for them. You know, it only cost $5,000 to build a classroom. So we did a couple of classrooms. Then uh, we started getting food for them. It would come in from Colombia over the border, a uh, ton at a time. Now, it's, it's very cheap by our standards because of what's happened there. And so we fed these children for one year. The school's gone from 112 students to 220 students, and there's more coming in after Christmas. So we're buying land for them. You see, everything's fallen apart there. For a few thousand dollars, we can buy 18 acres and grow their own crops. So we're helping them. That's what we're doing. There's plenty to talk about Mm. when it comes to outreach activity, Mm. even these incredible uh, opportunities that you've had for laying hands on the sick, uh, Mm. for seeing people come to Christ. Let me bring you back to some of the challenges that they're facing, the political situation. When you talk to ordinary Venezuelan people, how are they feeling about the way the rest of the world is looking at them now. Uh, their dictator leader, yeah. uh, Maduro, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the idea that uh, Donald mm. Trump is threatening military yeah. intervention. How yeah. are ordinary people feeling? They don't really believe it okay. <laughs> because they lived very wealthy once many years ago. Over 20 years ago, they were the richest country. They have, you see, a car, they, they give them free petrol almost, four cents to fill up a car with petrol. Mm. So they try to, the communist system does that. Now, the people are beautiful people. See, it's never the dictator. The people have no choice. 
by choice, they wouldn't live that way. They'd live the other way they used to live. But I believe that, you know, the Bible teaches us as the earth is getting darker and darker, the glory of God's going to move. And I believe this desperate situation in Venezuela has opened a door where we can go in and spread the gospel and even the government there don't see us as a threat. We're helping the people and that satisfies them. If we went against them, yeah, we'd be in trouble, obviously. But uh, I have freedom. I've got a documentation that says I'm free from the police and customs and everything. And it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. You're, you're a VIP when you yeah. arrive in town yes. because yes. you're bringing something that, yeah. in fact, brings hope to the, to the hearts of the people. That's exactly right. And so we, we don't get into the politics, obviously. We just bring the message of Christ, and the people are responding to it. They're desperate, and we're feeding them. We're helping them. See, every other kind of minister that goes in, usually it's the commercial side. They want money. They won't go without the money. We're not asking them for money. God's provided it. And this is what makes a visit to a nation like Venezuela mm. a missionary endeavor. Because, uh, you know, you go mm. as an evangelist, mm. but oftentimes when we think of missionaries, we're yeah. thinking of people who build houses and, yeah. uh, and yeah. orphanages and such things. Mm. Well, uh, evangelists are missionaries too. Yes. And you are going in with your gift yes. and you're bringing that message of hope and salvation yeah. Yeah. Uh, to people. It is a mm. missionary call. Absolutely. And uh, look, you could never, never explain properly what a beautiful thing it is to see God pour out his spirit. And uh, that that's so pleasing. And you bring you to tears. You see little children blind get healed and uh, limbs change. It, it's just, it's God. When we talk revival, mm. do you find that when you talk to Aussie Christians that sometimes that word revival is, uh, it's like a fantasy? Uh, sometimes, you know, it's, a, oh, that happened you know, generations ago. Yeah. We've heard of those yeah. stories. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, but you've been a part of a number of revivals. Yes, I am. And yes. revival is a very real yeah. experience mm. and usually not necessarily for comfortable middle and upper class uh, well, people, we but the poor. We have beautiful hospitals. We do have beautiful <laughs> hospitals. And God bless doctors and nurses <laughs> because we'd all be dead maybe. But uh, look, when people are desperate, it's a different thing. They're desperate in Venezuela. I mean, to see people just skinny, bones and no food and crying and children, it's a sad, sad thing. So when we can go in the name of the Lord and do something good, what I see in a revival too is you break the barriers between the denominations too. Look, there are many parts to the body of Christ. I started out as a pure evangelical, born again in a Billy Graham crusade, and God took me further and further. Because I love the word, and it was the word that changed my life and gave me a life where I was desperate at one stage. And uh, I, I just want to share that. I, I'm just determined till the Lord comes back to do everything possible, and that's what he's doing. It's amazing. If I was getting you to reflect on the way that under a communist dictatorship, yes, yes. Uh, you already touched on it just briefly, but mm -hmm. uh, but things change very much 
mm. under communist dictatorships. And communist dictatorships usually rise because of a rejection of God, a rejection yes. of yes. those values yeah. that we have yeah. seen mm. such wonderful uh, flourishing mm. in the West. Mm. Uh, is this something that people are aware of in Venezuela? Yes, they are very much because they did have the good side of life by their standards some years ago. The younger generation growing up, of course, never saw that. And uh, it, it is absolute poverty now. They're, people are desperate. I mean, uh, their money is something like 4000 plus to $1 where it used to be four to one. And it's just not worth the money it's printed on. And But if you talk to them privately, they all want the change. They believe it will change. They believe it's just a matter of time. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. And our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join our conversation today, our special guest is Pastor Evangelist Steve Ryder, just back from Venezuela, where Venezuela is in a really challenging place. Uh, the economy is spiraling downward. There are threats and there are sanctions, uh, threats of military intervention that are coming from the likes of U.S. President Donald Trump because of this alignment with Cuba and uh, Venezuela in a very tough place. As we've been hearing, poverty is rife. There's lack of food, lack of medicine. And the interesting thing we're discussing today with Steve Ryder having come back from Venezuela is that when he's going there, he is under favor. Now, interestingly here, Steve, under a communist dictatorship, they typically don't let people who have a religious persuasion on their communist controlled television networks. But you've discovered that they're actually mm. very open to have you on the TV. Yeah, they've allowed me on stations that no one's ever been, no Christian ever been on. And I spent two days, not on this visit, the last one, on TV, several hours every day. And when we talk about uh, Christians being on TV in a mm. land that is a communist mm. dictatorship, uh, this idea of when it's not revival conditions, yes. you are oppressed as a Christian. But when revival conditions come, and we're un we can only say it's God who creates this yes, uh, exactly. this favor. Mm. Favor comes, yes. and opportunity to yeah. speak on even the national broadcaster yeah. is there. Yes, that that's the amazing part. It must be God. No other way. Now, <clears throat> one thing I must make very clear: I don't talk politics when I go on the television. Mm. I'm talking to the people as believers. You know. Come to Christ. Come to these meetings. God will meet your needs. He'll heal you sick, etc., etc. So we have to be very careful, obviously. But I see. I'm not involved. I don't like politics too much. I think this world's a mess overall in many ways. Not just communism, but even our own country. Look how divided we are. Look how divided America is. And so my thing is bring in the gospel. Bring in Christ, because everything then is subject to change. And by sticking to those lines and following up with the gospel and with the people and ministering to their needs, then it's opened the doors of favor. They don't see me as an enemy, I don't believe, but as somebody that's genuinely helping in the nation. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Barbara is in Melbourne. Hello, Barbara. Welcome along. Hello. Hello, Barbara. What are your thoughts? 
Steve? How are you, Steve? I'm very good. I met you a long time ago in Melbourne. Is that right? Hello. Barbara, I can hear you. Turn your radio oh, down in the background, Barbara. I met you a long time ago in Melbourne. Barbara, can you listen carefully? Barbara, Barbara, let me just ask you to turn your radio down in the background, please. Barbara, can you listen carefully? Barbara, I think we'll have to cut you short on that. So my apologies, Barbara, but uh, you do need to turn your radio down because uh, you can't hear as clearly what we're talking about. We do have a 10-second delay. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Shelby in Sunnybank. Hello, Shelby. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Hello, Steve. Hello. Steve, you wouldn't recall, um, but um, at uh, the Christian Outreach Centre, Mansfield, um, you, um, uh, uh, I went. I was taken by a girlfriend um, uh, to you on a couple of occasions, and uh, in the end, you said to me, uh, "Trev, you're uh, Shelby, and you're you're doubting Thomas, but you gave me some of the most important pieces of scripture." where the uh, lady touched Jesus' robe and her face was so much that she knew she could be healed if she could just touch Jesus. And you know, we all know that story. And, and, and the other stories, such as the leper and, uh, and so on. And I had been knocked. Um, I'd had a couple of injuries, but one in particular, I'd been knocked by a driver who was drunk, so drunk he couldn't even get out of the car. He fell out of the car. But he hit me on my bike, pushed by, and then threw me in the air and drove into me a second time and hit me uh, again and threw me across the road. I had vertebrae in my neck, my, between my shoulders and my lumbar spine was all shattered like a uh, windscreen would be shattered today. But you simply led me and said, look, Trev, you have to believe um, uh, you know, in Jesus. Um, as you say, it's Jesus' healing. And so um, after a couple of times, I sat down with the scripture and I, and I read up and then I started to say, right, I must believe. And you said one other thing, you've got to believe beyond the pain. Um, Satan would strike more pain at me and um, that I would be healed if I could just believe beyond all that pain, believe that Jesus would heal me. So one night, a couple of nights after, I'm in such a pain, I crawled out to my front door, I hobbled down to my front um, gate, and uh, I took on the belief, and within a few metres, I'm changing from my hobble to a little bit of a jog, and within another 100 metres or so, I was running flat out. And now, it took a couple of days, two or three days, for that pain to, to be struck away, but I still kept believing, and I am a walking miracle now. People cannot believe that I I, I run, I walk, I, I ride bikes, I do everything, and um, they can't believe that I'm such um, so healed in that way. Shelby, great story you're telling. And, Steve, you'd be familiar with lots of stories similar to Shelby's. And, again, uh, not so much Steve Ryder, but these are the stories Mm. that you tell from the Scriptures, Jesus healing miracles, Mm. and when people capture those Mm. understandings, those Mm. principles, and they apply those in faith, uh, good things happen. Yeah. Well, it's like the Apostle Paul said, what do you preach? He said, I preach faith. And faith is preaching the pure word of God. And I believe it with all my heart, and that's the power behind everything. So God bless you. 
That was good to hear that. I wonder whether, with the situation in Venezuela, that other nations in South America may also be doing it tough at this time. What are you aware of by way of other nations? Okay, well, I I have been in Cuba many years ago as well. So it's pretty common through South America. Uh, There's two cities very rich by their standards. That's Panama City and Ecuador. They use American dollars. The rest of the nations have absolute poverty in certain areas, Brazil especially. While I've been there, uh, calls have come through from Brazil, uh, from the Amazon state. They're begging me, uh, an apostle there with over 100 churches and good uh, you know, relationships with other churches. He's asking us to come to St. Paula sometime next year if we would. Uh, and I just said, well, look, the revival sitting Venezuela at the moment. I want to make sure I fulfill whatever God wants us to do there. But yes, we'll visit you later. And uh, I've been asked to go to Dominican Republic as well as uh, Cuba, of all places. And uh, obviously there's openings in Argentina and many of the South American nations. And South America, less in the news, less in Mm. our uh, immediate thoughts uh, than some other nations, like, Mm. you know, where where we think of mission activity and endeavor in Africa. Mm. People are quite familiar with that. And uh, great evangelists Mm. who've Mm. done wonders uh, just preaching the gospel in Africa. We don't hear as much about the challenges in South America, but what you're indicating is that South America is a very viable Mm. mission field for Mm. Australians to think about uh, in the way that they might be thinking about world mission. Well, exactly. And Venezuela is an example. You see, right now, when we go there, I say, we're the amigos. We're the Australian. We're your friends. We're here to help you. We love you. We. It's not the politics. We're all people. And uh, see, the Americans can't really go in there at the moment because of the political situation. But we have an open door. And you don't get mistaken for American? Uh, we do a little bit. But we make it very uh, – we say, look, we're not the gringos. We're the amigos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. look, there's good Americans. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, see, it's the political side of things. They just see everybody with uh, blue eyes, white people. You're yeah. Americanos. But no, we're amigos. They're from Australia. <laughs> we are taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Marianne in Logan Lee in Queensland. Hello, Marianne. Welcome along. Hello, this is Marianne. I've just come out of Prince Princess Alexander Hospital, and we had revival in our ward. Wow! Wow! <laughs> uh, tell us about that, Marianne. What happened? Well, it's a psychiatric ward. And I was mistaken for being psychiatric. I wasn't. But I preached the gospel to every creature and uh, prayed with people. And, and a 91-year-old gentleman who was Catholic accepted the Lord and many others did too. Marianne, you are an evangelist at heart. That's You're right, a preacher of the gospel, and <laughs> and you're obviously relating to Steve Ryder here because you're saying, well, this can happen wherever you are. You don't have to be in Venezuela to do this. You can actually do that when you're at the local hospital. That's right. You're right. I am. An, I was anointed with olive oil to uh, be an evangelist. Well, Marianne, just wonderful. Your response, Steve, what uh, your thoughts for Marianne? Well, I think that's wonderful that in conditions like that where most people would just be quiet, Christians have got something different. 
and they should share it. And I, well, God bless you for doing that, Marianne. That was Look, wonderful. It was so wonderful being mm. in that ward. I was in there just over a week, and I loved every minute of it. We had beautiful food, beautiful people singing to us, and um, as I said, I just preached the gospel to all people who would listen to it. Marianne, you're a champion. Thank you so much for your contribution today here on 2020. That's great. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join our conversation, uh, I'm not sure whether you're up to date on revival in North Queensland. Uh, just recently, we did a segment uh, talking about revival in the Aracoon uh, okay. community up on Cape York. Uh, mm-hmm. Thirteen hundred people in the town, a thousand people at church on Sunday. Uh, at the peak of the revival a little earlier this year. I'm not sure whether you're familiar with that particular story, Steve, but, uh, but, no, this, not, but, but revival I'm... isn't just, uh, revival's not just for overseas. Things are happening like that here in, in Australia. Australia. I, I was speaking to some elders earlier this year, and uh, I've promised them I'll fit in as soon as I can to go and do ministry up north. Mm. Okay, and uh, no doubt you're open to people inviting you to come yes. to their town. Uh, let That's me just right. say uh, reachoutchurch.com.au or rofc.com.au if you'd like to be mm. in contact with Steve Ryder. Uh, 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation today. Uh, is there a global focus of churches around the world to help resolve challenges in nations like uh, Venezuela? Because it's one thing to go in and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes what will follow the preaching of the gospel is a real effort in mission, in, in mm. helping people. Do you know if, uh, if there are churches around the world who are getting a focus on places like Venezuela? I believe when we uh, begin to inquire, yes, Many Christian organizations are doing everything possible uh, when doors open up. See, long before Venezuela, I was ministering in uh, Pakistan, and uh, I can't go there now because there's a hit on me. Uh, the pastor I used to work through was shot twice. He survived. Mm-hmm. He's in Spain now. He had to leave. His mother was stoned. His wife was stoned. Uh there's things happening everywhere, but you don't hear very much about it because it's not the main news. Uh, it's so, a dangerous business very being much. in uh, yeah. when you are a mm. servant of the Lord yeah. and you are responding to the call on your mm. life. Mm. Uh, you may be even, uh, we can reflect on the Bible, the mm. Apostle Paul, who did mm. not have an easy journey. No, uh, no. It wasn't a, a cushy sort of a position. No, it's, uh, and, that's true. and you've experienced something of yeah. that too. And where doors are open, you go. Yeah. Uh, sometime if you uh, leave things a little longer, the door closes and yeah, uh, things right. will be very dangerous for you. Yeah. And I, I found if God opens a door, you're okay. You'll be safe as long as you know God is sending you there. I mean, I, I've been stoned by Muslims. The, the, the stones didn't hit me. I've been guns pulled on me in the Philippines in the People's Army's days of President Marcus long ago, uh, where uh, we were surrounded. And about 16 of these terrorists around you, you know, with rifles. And the guy as close as you and I are right now in this studio, mm-hmm. police 38 out, he's going to shoot me. He had a heart attack and fell down. And I immediately, I felt I was going to have one too, I'll be honest. <laughs> but I, I knelt down alongside him and I started praying and he came good. They let us go. Yes, yeah. that, so that is amazing. I, 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 but I, I do believe that if you're doing it in God, your life's in his hands, and as long as you're serving God, he'll keep you going. 
We're taking calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Mary and... Uh, it's Mary Andler. Hello. Welcome along, Mary Andler. Oh, hi. Hi. Great to have you on. What are your thoughts for our conversation today? Oh, well, I, I just um, wanted to well, thank you uh, for, for this uh, opportunity for, for Steve to... Um, talk about his work in Venezuela. I am Venezuelan. I'm, um, I've been living here in Australia for um, seven years or around eight years. All my family is there and I, I, it, it hurts me, it pains me the situation my country is going through and my family is going through. Um, um, but uh, uh, yeah, as a believer, I, I know that every time a government changes every time there's a change of government it's like there's a change of of like spiritual power and, and at the moment yeah it's like the spiritual power um govern, governing in venezuela it is just an awful one um so i i just really appreciate people that can go and and just bring uh, bring the gospel take the gospel and and even practical help there, um, which is so so needed. Mariana, um, do you yeah. keep in touch with your family back home? What sort of news do you hear from them? The sorts of things we're talking about today, uh, the hardships with food availability, medicines, are you hearing those sorts of things? Yes, absolutely. All of that is happening and it's real. Uh, uh, all the time I, I have um, like, you know, WhatsApp groups from family and friends and they uh, normally send uh texts asking for medicine so because some 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 people can find medicine somehow and then they, they always if if a kid needs an antibiotic they they have to go to whatsapp and ask for that because the pharmacies won't have it uh the hospitals won't have them uh but someone will have them it's i don't know it's yeah a bit of uh um the corruption or i don't know what it is but Whatever you need, food or medicines, you, you have to go and ask people or find, uh, you know, try to find it somewhere else because you go to the hospital, there's nothing. There, there will be only probably doctors and nurses there, but nothing else, not even syringes, no, not no, that's uh, true. Nothing, nothing at, at all. Mariana, um, as yeah. you reflect on your uh, history in Venezuela, yeah. Uh, were you there when things were going well? The country was flourishing, or did you get out when things started going bad? Yeah, I, I grew up in um, yeah when it was pretty much like uh, the right wing was governing, and it 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 was all right. Uh, like people, listen, yeah, like Hugo Chavez came into power because the people were sick of the right wing. Um, they they were tired of him. But uh, and they wanted a change. They wanted the revolution. Uh, but it, I, and I think uh, Hugo Chavez had some sort of good idea. Some sort of you know we we need to change this. We need to give power to the poor. Uh, it's not only the rich that can do things. We need to help the poor as well. But then he, everything went wrong, and maybe power itself changed him because yeah, then he became this. Marianne, it doesn't matter what side when you talk about right wing or left wing, when you get absolute power, you've got this corruption that can come. And of course, uh, the moderation to that oftentimes has been when people have come to power and they've implemented Christian 
ethical positions on a lot of different areas. Uh, but a, a response from Steve Ryder to what you're hearing as Marianne is talking. Uh, what are your thoughts, Steve? That's very true. Uh, every time we have meetings, there'll be 20 doctors in those meetings, all wearing white coats, and they examine the people we're ministering to. And they've told me that in the hospitals, they don't have medicine anymore. They just don't have the supplies. And uh, they'll use freezing water over open wounds, just poured on. It's it's terrible. It's sad. And, uh, you know, we've just got to believe that. I believe that's why God's doing so many miracles there, because the people have no chances. But uh, people are desperate. Food's de- See, we supply food for children twice a day in a school. We're buying land for them now because it's cheap with the situation. And uh, they can build, uh, buy their, you know, grow their own crops, do those things. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We are, uh, our special guest today is Pastor Steve Ryder, and time is short. We're just uh, talking about how we can. Uh, just to bring to the attention of listeners today how you can be a part of things that are going on. Steve, it's not easy for someone to say, I'm going to be on Steve's team and go in there. And uh, there are hardships. Uh, it's not easy to get to Venezuela. Are you open to people coming to uh, to visit Venezuela with you? Well, obviously, I'm taking people from our church that uh, know how we minister. But the main thing is you can't take too many. They won't allow them in at the moment. I, we were just two of us on this last visit. The big one coming up in March, where we have 200,000 people supposed to be coming out in one city, uh, I've got to take at least eight from my church mm. so we can do the right ministry. But it will get better. Things will change there because you can see the Spirit of God is doing that. And, you know, politics aside, you can see that desires in the people, and they believe that. Change is coming. I believe a good change is coming to Venezuela. We're taking calls very quickly, though. Uh, Michael in New South Wales. Michael, welcome along. You need a a quick thought here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to make the point that uh, when Hugo Chavez was in, as the previous lady said, he was uh, extremely good to the poor. He He was there. He challenged the American cartels, the American oligopolies. He kicked them out. And he was giving power back to the people, but of course he mysteriously died of cancer. And uh, in my opinion, I think the uh, CIA um, would have had a hand in his demise. Uh, since then, I'm, I'm not sure you know, who's involved now and, and where the country's going, but clearly uh, it, it was a, a godly country, it was a Christian country. Chavez was a very good Christian, and uh, all, all is not lost. So I just wanted to make that point. Michael, good point too. And a response from Steve? Yeah, I agree. And uh, you see, we're going to the people. We're not going with politics because who are we to go there and tell them what to do with their country? That's their choice. Uh, but God loves people. and He loves Venezuelan people. He loves all people. And we go to the people, and we go to the poor especially because they are the ones that miss out many times. And uh, that's why we feed them. We're feeding kids in the school every day, twice a day. 
Michael from New South Wales, thanks so much for your call. And just in these last few minutes, I mentioned that when people go on to your websites mm-hmm. at uh, at reachoutchurch.com.au, rofc.com.au, uh, there's video footage of yes. the sorts of things yes. we've been talking yeah. about today. Uh, I know that you would obviously like to have people partnering more Mm. significantly with you, mm. whether they're people who are part of your church denomination, mm. uh, Reach Out for Christ, or, or others who might just have a heart for Venezuela. Mm. Maybe perhaps uh, you struck a chord with some people today. How can people support clearly yeah. uh, getting food on the table for the children in the school that you're supporting uh, is one small way, but how can people support, Steve? Well, uh, they can get on our communications with the church direct We'll answer all the information they require. Of course, it takes help. We don't ask for money when we go to Venezuela. In Venezuela, everything is free. We do it. We pay for everything. One little church has done that, and it just shows you. But God has blessed us to do that. But the things are getting bigger and bigger. Well, bigger costs. We pay for everything. Costs you money to take stadiums. Costs you money for transport alone just to go there. And, of course, we're, we're feeding the poor. I never used to do that before. But how can you look at little children starving and not do something? That's how we started. And God's blessing that. The food is so cheap there. Oh, well, we take it in from Columbia or other places. But uh, it's cheap in comparison to you know situations here. But, look, everything would be welcome. So you know, with a little, you can do a do lot. Do a lot, yeah. Lots of people with a little can do a lot. That is true. And, look, you know, uh, with our situation – there's no costings for administration. It goes directly to them. Mm. And inspiration, just in these last couple of minutes, we'll have to put a line under the calls. Thanks mm. to everyone who's called mm. in uh, through this hour to make a contribution to the conversation. But just in this last couple of minutes, uh, people who are aspiring as evangelists, mm-hmm. they recognize there's some gifting in their life. Yep. Uh, they have... You know, some people talk about the gift of the gab, and that's not necessarily uh, the only thing that evangelists have, but your ability to clearly articulate a presentation of the gospel. And you just know mm. that when people mm. respond, there's a gift there that they're responding to. Yes. Your, your uh, inspiration for people who are saying, well, I, I can be an evangelist. I can mm. reach out. Uh, mm. How do you inspire people to say the world is a big place, but there's plenty of opportunities? Yeah, well, there's there's opportunities in your local community, your own schools, everywhere. There's needs. There's lots of needs in Australia in different levels. Uh, we may be a lucky country, but some people don't feel lucky. Uh, but I believe the gospel is so powerful, it touches every area, spirit, soul, body. And it just depends where you fit. We should all be evangelists in that sense, sharing the gospel. Uh, some people are designated by God for a special area like I have been, and I try to be true to that. Uh, I mean, I have a healing service every Wednesday morning. I visit hospitals. I visit people. You can't do everything, but I do my best. And uh, every Wednesday we have a service where I teach people about healing, how it works, operates. Once people understand, they're open to it. It's like everything in life. Well, I'll point people to the website, okay. rofc.com.au. 
and there'll be links there yes. to how you can support. Yep. Uh, links there too for the video footage mm. of what happens in these meetings yep. in Venezuela. Uh, just a privilege getting an update from you today. Steve Ryder, evangelist, founder of Reach Out for Christ, uh, the church that uh, you are uh, leading and a part of as part of the denomination of Reach Out for Christ right. on the Gold Coast. Yes. Uh, yes. So people could uh, drop in and visit and uh, mm. and actually uh, yeah, connect with you there too. Uh, Steve, Steve, thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today on 2020. My pleasure, and thank you for the opportunity. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.